are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'm calling upon all of us today to leave here with a strong desire. I hope I will leave this way. I hope you'll leave this way. A strong desire to make a difference in people's lives this week. Would you just look for opportunities every day? Let's look at home with our children and our mates and let's look at our neighborhood. Let's look at our church and let's look at our business and let's look at our work and let's look at the grocery store and at the gas station. How can I help make some life different this week? Every day. Amen. That'd be a good place to amen. It takes longer if I have to do the amen and the preaching. That's a good thing. It may not be much. I was in a coffee shop yesterday morning and I had a gift card. I swiped it early in the morning, I guess about six o'clock or so. It's maybe 6.30, I can't remember exactly. And they swiped it and they said, you got a dollar 15 left. Well, I'm no big hero, dollar 15 is nothing. But I turned to the man behind me, I said, I think you could use this, I walked away. I'll never see him again, that's little. I arrived at a door yesterday, going into a business, I guess it was yesterday, early in the morning before someone else. And um, they, I didn't have to hold, but I held the door. I'll never forget what he said. You look better than I do today with that tie on. You go first. Well, that was the first time anybody told me I looked good. But um, I said, no, you go first. You know what? I, th- I, I want to try. Those are little things. I want to try every single day to make people's journey on the pathway of life better from being in the presence of Jack Treber. It doesn't mean always money. It might be a smile. It might be, how you doing? Good to see you. You having a good day? Beautiful day, isn't it? And get prepared. Some folks can find something wrong with the beautiful weather today. How do you get it better than that? I walk, I walk to church this morning and I walk uh, around here in these neighborhoods and it's an amazing thing. Um, Brother Martinez, you start walking this way and don't say hello. Uh, how you doing? Hi, good to see you today. Well, I guess you didn't want to say hello, but I hope you have a good day. I just keep talking. You can come back to see, sit here, my please. I just talk. I mean, just, why can't we say hello to people? Why can't we smile at people? Why can't we put our cell phone down? Ms. Treber and I had the joy to go to Washington, D.C. this week, first time she's ever been there. And we were with our senior class from high school. And it was an amazing thing she pointed out all the time. Look at whenever we'd sit down. And those kids didn't want to sit down very much. We walked and we walked and we walked. Oh, Declan, Declan Oxidine was heard before we went on the senior trip. You think this trip is going to be too hard on Pastor Mrs. Treber? You notice Declan's not in church today. He's probably home sleeping. There you are right there. And so we just kept asking, we're keeping up with you. I needed a respirator, but someone said we had 35 to 40 miles walk and kept right up with you, my brother. I did my calisthenics today too. I got that teaspoon and had my 
special case cereal, just worked all morning on my exercise. We were shocked when you sat down how many kids, not our kids, how many kids would be 10 or five or 10 or in a group, everybody had a cell phone. No one had, seemed like had conversation. Life is too short to miss the flowers on the pathway of life. And there'll be no cell phones in heaven. Here's a man, this man had to have someone make a difference. People were trying, but they weren't giving him what he needed. He needed Christ. And I want you to see this man's condition. He lived in the graveyard. We have a world that's living in a graveyard of sin today. Notice in verse number two. And when he has come out of the ship, Jesus, immediately there met him a, out, a, out of the tombs a man with the unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. Verse number five, and always night and day was in the mountains in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. He lived in a graveyard. There's a whole world out here that lives in a graveyard, cutting themselves. Cutting has invaded our country, America. Well, people take their bodies, and I won't describe it all unless you don't know about it, and cut their bodies. Michael Jackson's daughter did that this week. I've never heard Michael Jackson sing. I know his life was a tragic life. I'm saddened to the fact that I don't even remember how he died or what it was, but I'm saddened to the fact that he died and perhaps died without Christ. There was something going on in his life. There was always something going on that he wasn't pleased about. I don't know if it rooted back to his childhood. Somebody may have taken advantage of it, but something happened. I never knew he had children till this week. And I saw on my phone a little blonde-headed girl. And they came to her place where she lives and found her where she had cut herself this week. What a tragic, tragedy. I hope someone can reach that girl this week. A girl's life is valuable. Something's going on where she came to the point, there's no value in my life. I make fun of you ladies. You know, the program's called, uh, I, I said, there, there went my heart, there goes my heart, but it's wind calls the heart, I know, but I've made fun of it. And it's a pretty good program, I guess. You know, I like it. But I'm so saddened for that, that, that one lady and her husband. I'm sad for them today. I've been praying, God, may, may, I, I prayed, I've prayed so many times, may they watch the service here this morning. A man sent us a whole truckload of 68,000 bottles of tulip by tea. His name is Rush Limbaugh because he watched our service. I'm praying that lady will watch and her husband and her two girls say, I hurt for that family. They did wrong, I know. And who knows what they're gonna do. They probably are great parents. They're probably great people. They probably pay their taxes. They did something wrong. And why, why, yes, there's consequence, but why does the world have to be so attacking all the time on people? 
can't, can't God's people pray? I know Joe Montana and his wife were involved, but apparently not to the tune that others were. But wouldn't it be great if, and I know his kids are graduating from college now, it was just a finder's fee or whatever. I, I guess it, I don't know all about it, but I can say this, he needs prayer, and his wife needs prayer, and his family needs prayer, and, uh, and uh, uh, Kaepernick that would sit down here in, in our church, that boy needs prayer today. He came to church, was a good kid, he was respectful. On 9-11, front row, preached Sunday night, and Terrell Owens sat right there in the front row of our church and walked the aisle and got saved. Someone needs to pray for him. Here this guy is living in the tombs. His condition gets worse. He was demon-possessed. He had an unclean spirit, verse two. An unclean spirit, it tells us that in verse number eight again. What a tragedy. It gets worse. As he lays in the tombs, verse three, no one can bind him. His fetters, they took chains and and he'd break the chains and night and day. Can you imagine living in that city and hearing the wailing at the night from the mountains or wailing in the nighttime from the tombs? The man needed help. The man was crying out for help. We are so absorbed with ourselves. I'm not happy. I, I'm offended. I'm gonna... You three pastors out here, I gotta quit the church. I'm not happy with the church. I thought they'd come through and do more for me. They're not doing anything for me. You've missed it. There's a city where people are living in the tombs and they're living in the mountains and they're cutting themselves and demon possessed. I find the deliverance for this man that was possessed of these devils. You find that word so many times in verse 12 and verse number 13, verse number 15 and verse number 16, verse number 18, possessed of the devil. Whenever you see death, man is wishing for death or taking his life in death. It's because the devil, John 8, 44, Ye of your father, the devil, who was a murderer from the beginning. He is Dr. Death. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We get so self-absorbed, there's nothing to live for. I'm just gonna give myself to drugs, and if I die, I die. I'm gonna just take this gun and hurt whoever I wanna hurt. I'm gonna massacre 50 people this week. Well, I know they weren't Baptist. But doesn't it break your heart that there's some mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters in a Muslim world today that is brokenhearted that their children and their loved ones were gunned down in a mosque? Doesn't that break your heart? But they're not of our faith, and they're not of our religion. That has nothing to do with that, that's a life. That's a person. 
And this man is sitting in the tombs. He's up on the mountain. He's chained to those tombstones. He's cutting those. He's cutting himself. He's breaking those. What a condition. But oh, what a deliverance. And when he saw Jesus, Jesus, since Jesus passed by, since Jesus passed by, oh, what a difference since Jesus passed by. Has God passed by your way and said, why don't you do something for this person? Why don't you help that senior citizen? Why don't you help that neighbor person? Why don't you help that person in need? Why don't you go, if you're going to lunch today, and that little waitress works, and, and a waiter, whatever it may be, and, 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 and cares for you, and they might be a little bit tense or short with you, why don't you go ahead and enter in the fact that that dear lady might have five children at home. And it's dependent upon the tips and the, the job she works, and it's hard, and she wants to be at home, but she's working a job. Perhaps she's a single mother. Maybe she's irritable. Maybe she's short. But maybe, just maybe, you can leave her a generous tip and say, thank you for the service. But oh no, I want to see the manager. I'm not pleased because you want to get a free meal. That's not what life is about, ladies and gentlemen. Life is not about walking by all these stores around here. Front, all those front parking stalls have a blue mark with a wheelchair. Aren't you glad we live in a country like that? How'd you like to get out of your car in a wheelchair in the rain? How'd you like to park way, way out in the back and try to walk in with Miss Streamer? I saw a lady this week, older woman, and she was walking at the end of the workday, and I'm not trying to be funny or, or, or rude, she was walking, looked like such pain. My heart just broke for that lady. There's a world out here that needs Christians. There's a neighborhood that needs Christians. They need you, they need me. And his deliverance, Jesus came by and he cried, this man, this crazy man, verse seven, with a loud voice said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God. Torment me not, I beg you, don't torment me. He was blaming God when God was the deliverer. And he said, come out of the man. Come out of the man, the unclean spirit. We live in a demon-possessed world. That's how people can kill one another. That's called demon possession do crazy things, that's called demon possession. Go to rock concerts and hear music that is so repetitive and so driving, and that is, that's an environment of demon possession. And watch television programming that is anarchy, that's demon possession. We, the, the, the Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6, 12. 
The whole world is filled with this. The Bible says, wicked one. Elvis Presley used to sing, he's got the whole world. And it says, Jesus does not have the whole world. He gave it over to Adam, and Adam gave it to Satan. And that's why in Revelation chapter five, Jesus is gonna come back and claim the ownership to planet Earth. Don't blame this mess on God. We're making this mess. God allows it, and God is able, and he can, he can turn the heart of the king, yes. He can turn the rivers as he will. He can water down the first time in 10 years. We don't have a drought in California. That is the blessing of God. That's not because of climate change. That's God showered down his blessings upon us. Undeserving, that's called grace. He came to Jesus. And I want you to know that he was delivered from his sin. He was delivered from this demon. Christ can redeem you and deliver you from drugs and from drink and from pornography and from all the anger that's in your heart and the fear and anxiety. But now watch the crowd. Verse 15, and when they come to Jesus and to see him that was possessed with the devil, had the legion sitting, had the legion and sitting and clothed in his right mind, they were afraid. They saw it, told them how it befell to him and how it possessed the devil also concerning the swine. They began to pray, ask, beg him to depart from their coast. Isn't it amazing, Brother Poussin? When he was a crazy man in the tombs, they wanted to help him. But now that he's clothed in his right mind, they're afraid of him. Get out of here! Christians are not always wanted people, but they're needed people. And they say, we want you to leave. How be it? In verse 18, when he was come unto the ship, he had been possessed with the devil, prayed that he might be with him. He says, Jesus, I want to be with you. You know, when a person gets saved, they want to be with God. They want to be with the Bible. They want to be with God's house. They want to be with the people of God. They want to be in the church. They want to sing the hymns of Zion. They want to hear preaching of the word of God and teaching of the word of God. And he said, Jesus, I want to, I want to spend my days with you. I want to go with you. How be it Jesus suffered him? Not. He didn't allow it. But he said, go home. Here's our message to thy friends. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done to thee, had compassion on them. Can't come with me. I want you to go home and help people. Go home. Go to your friends, go to your family, go to your loved ones, go to your neighbors, go home. Tell everybody what I did. And the Bible says, and he departed and he began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done. Can you imagine this crazy man? Probably needed a bath. Been living in the mountains and living in the tombs. Probably needed a shave. Probably needed a haircut. Probably needed new clothes and something to get along in life. He's walking down the street. We'll put him on Main Street because Sam's Barbershop is there. And he walks in and they see him and they're scared to death. And Sam says, come on in here. May I help you? I want a shave and a haircut. 
and he's afraid of them. And he gets a haircut, gives them a tip. Then he goes down the street, said, you know, it's been a long time since I've had a good meal. I think I'll go barbecue me a steak. And, and he goes into Fred's meat shop and the meat market. The guy is scared to death. Hey, 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 you're the fella, you lived in the tombs. I, I know I did. And, and, and Fred says, it seems like you can talk to him now. Oh, you're afraid. I, I can tell you're afraid, Fred. Don't be afraid. Everything's okay. I've got my right mind now. Jesus came by and he told the barber, Sam, Jesus changed my life. And he told, he told the butcher, Jesus changed my life. And, and, he, and, and, he, and he went to go everywhere he went. And he began to tell everywhere in Decapolis, here's what Jesus did. And you won't believe it. Many people heard him and believed him. So how do you know that? Remember what they were trying to do with him? into Decapolis, leave our city. We don't want you here. We're scared of you now. We're frightened. Get out of here. Go, go, go. Nobody in Decapolis wanted him, but Jesus said, you just stay there. You filter through all the people, your friends and your neighbors, and just filter everywhere you go and talk to people about Jesus. So a one-man journey begins. He's telling everybody, Oh, when Jesus passed by, everything changed. Would you fast forward with me one year from now? One year later is Mark chapter 7. Will you turn there with me, please? Mark chapter 7. Nobody in the city wanted him to stay. But one year later, Jesus comes back to Decapolis. And in verse 31, and again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came under the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. He talks about in verse 32, the death and the impediment of speech. And verse 33, Notice the word, and he took him from a side from the, what's that next word? The whole crowd came to hear Jesus. Jesus, who a year ago, they said, get this crazy man, we don't want him. And now there's a whole crowd. I wonder how that crowd showed up. One crazy man made the difference. One person made the difference. Go back, if you will, to that chapter where we were. He began to publish all the Decapolis, how great things, verse 20, Jesus had done for them, and they did marvel. My challenge to you today is, let's, let's you and me, both of us this week, make a difference in people's lives. We are going to bed at night, and right next door, as they go to bed, they're lost. And across the street, they're lost. And if Jesus would come that night, they'd be left behind for the great tribulation that's going to take place for seven years on planet Earth. A time like this world has never seen before, where the judgment hand of God falls on planet Earth. 
There'll be 21 judgments that come down upon mankind. Millions upon millions upon millions and billions will die in that great slaughter in seven years. When you stop and think with me that we have neighbors that go to bed tonight that are lost, and we have loved ones that are lost, and we have friends that are lost and coworkers that might be lost. Could we make a difference in the lives of people? I told our class this morning, we were so amazed, my wife would always hand me a $10 bill to tip all the Uber drivers. We had so many this week, and so we got to be in Ubers all the time. We had, my wife had never done that before. I've done it a few times. And I always had given them a track and I talked about the Lord and about their need and it's so amazing other than two and I don't know, we had 12 or 15 Uber drivers this week. I was amazed the vast majority were from Africa. Various cities and various countries in Africa and very plainly, every single driver, oh, they weren't all Baptists, but they all described the day they trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Had a Navy man from a, the States. He was originally from another country, and he, he has been a lifer in the Navy, and his wife works for the State Department the last day. And he said, my four sisters are missionaries in Africa my, 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 he's from North Carolina, and he goes, my four brothers are missionaries in Africa. He said, Africa, we have swept across Africa, and so much that you hear about that, that country, that continent of Africa, it's so much gloom and doom, and everyone would say, but the gospel has come to our cities, and people have been saved all throughout our cities. You know, I don't know all about these numbers, but I do know I've been told that in, in, in China that is close to the gospel. 25,000 people a day are converting to Christ. I hope that's a true figure. There's a swell underground, people getting saved. In Kenya, so many people are trusting Christ. I can't always attest to the fact that their growth and grace has been what we'd like to see because they've been in a lot of different denominations that preach it, but they, they were sound on their faith in Jesus Christ. Somebody went and made a difference Somebody told we have 150, 200 missionaries today that are out telling the good news around this globe. They're making a difference in the lives of people. Massachusetts and Illinois and North Carolina, three preachers here today that with their lives, they're preaching the gospel in that area. That needs Christ. Salvation's a need. I think of how we can make a difference with, you go first, please. I think I could make a difference. Let me get that cup of coffee for you. Where is it every year? I think it's Starbucks I read or heard one time. That one particular store, you always pay for the guy behind you. And they went up to, I forget how many, 35 in a row before the chain was broken, then they started again. Take care of the guy behind me. Here's a $20 bill, whatever they want, get it for them. It's just not at Christmas. Jesus talks about cups of cold water in my name. Can't you give a cup of cold water or a hot Starbucks? 
I've said it so many times, you're probably weary of it. I don't go to the grocery store often, very rare. It did not happen. I was checking out on the line you were at, at Lacey the other day, but I was in there and I was sort of praying, God, I pray that this guy in front of me can't, doesn't, I love it when they run out of money. It doesn't happen that often, but I love it when I'm right there and I can be able to say, let me take care of that. I'm not gonna buy alcohol for anybody. I think last year one time when I was in line and this little lady and you could see she was expecting and she, she had all this food for diapers and things for kids and you could tell it was just a stressful day and, and she had all these coupons and the, the clerk, whatever store it was at, was all upset, wasn't over here. And then after all the coupons, she was short. And in my heart, I'm saying, yes. And she said this, and I hurt so much. I don't know, single mother, what she was. She said, you're going to have to take something back. I don't have enough money. Whatever store it was, the checker was upset. And I said, oh, please, let me pay for it. I didn't do it loud to be seen or heard. I said, ma'am, it's not going to be that difficult, please. She said, I'll, give me your, I'll, I'll pay you back. I said, we don't want to be paid back. I said, I remember, my wife lives for things like this. So do I. You know, there are people that, they're going to be fidgeting away looking for three more dollars. Looking for three dollars. Because they've got to pay the bill. Maybe God's given you the position where you could be a blessing to your married kids and do something for them this week. Maybe your married kids are struggling with paying the rent and paying the groceries. Maybe we could volunteer to do something for a senior citizen this week. I like what the scripture said. They want you out of the city, but when Jesus changed the life, he began to immediately help people. I think today of a word of kindness, a deed of compassion, a thank you. Thank you for what you do for us. I watched some of our teenagers this week and they've been trained around here. You'd see a military man in Washington, you see all the various bars and the things that they have and ribbons and everything. Almost without fail, our kids would say as he passed by, thank you for what you do for us. I want to be thankful for those military people. We'd say to the police officers there everywhere, thank you for what you do for us. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.